Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. And you will have heard my rant and rave. Well, not so much rave, but more my rant over the last couple of Boardroom to the Locker Rooms about South Africa's performance overseas. However, the topic of discussion is around cricket. We will touch on the Proteus, but it mainly focuses on the Hollywood Bets Dolphins and their bowling coach, Quinton Friend, is our guest in the show today. Quinton, thank you for your time and welcome to From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Yeah, thanks very much. And it's fantastic to, to obviously be on the show. And um, yeah, hopefully I can give some good insight into all the relevant questions that lie ahead for this uh, interview. Yeah, there's a couple of bounces. There's a googly and there might be a flipper here and there. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I know you've got your pads, your gloves, your box helmet on. So yeah, I'm well okay. protected. I'm, I'm not I'm, that pretty anymore. You know, and in my heyday, I maybe got up to 75 or 80 kilometers an hour. Never much more than that. So you don't need to worry too much. All right. Good, good to know. On a more serious note, uh, let's take you back to the weekend. Um, I guess a bit of disappointment in uh, the loss to the Titans. But I guess at the end of the day, I suppose the better team won. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be really honest, um, you know, the Titans uh, is, a, is a quality team and, and, and showed that they, um, you know, are forced to be reckoned with, you know, on the provincial circuit for a number of years. Now, I think it was their seventh title that they had won so it just shows how dominant they've been in t20 cricket over a number of years and um, I mean in saying that uh, to lose one one game during the course of uh, the CSA t20 challenge showed how um, how good they were over that over that uh, two and a half week period so yeah congratulations to uh, the multiply Titans and uh, they definitely were the better team uh, throughout the competition and then uh, specifically on the on the day of the final as well and obviously the the one Massive highlight was Devon Brevis's like super sensational innings that I guess will go down in the record books and be there for a while. Although we said that about Amy de Villiers all those years ago, and now this young kid's arrived on the scene. I hate calling him baby Amy. It just doesn't work for me. Everybody is their own person. That must have been something to behold. Yeah, I mean, I quite agree with you there. I don't uh, also don't like to see it as as baby Amy. I think um, you know, at the end of the day. Devold Brevis is a high-quality cricketer. Um, what's fantastic is is that he's he's still so young. He'll still learn a lot, you know, around the game. But he's a high-quality player, and um, I really look forward to seeing uh, how he goes in the future. I'm sure he'll represent the Proteas in the in the near future. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that innings that um, that he played against the Knights um, was was absolutely phenomenal. I don't think we'll probably see a better T20 innings um, in the near future. Um, you know, in South African cricket, let alone uh, in world cricket. So, yeah, I think there's a, it's a, there's a there's a bright future that lies ahead. And you know, at the end of the day, I think you know we've we've had an AB de Villiers who was was high quality in his in his day. Um, and perhaps we we're probably going to be able to see another one for a number of years uh, going forward. Let's talk about the tournament itself. Are you in favour of the way the formats? Everybody gets together, plays the matches, and that sort of short period of time is like opposed to playing a game on a Friday evening and then going back home and the next week playing another game. I guess there must have been a nice guess there as well between everybody. Yeah, I think, you know, it's um, it was quite a, a tough, should I say, two, three weeks. Um, just reason being, you know, we were based in Clagstall and then and obviously had to travel into Potsdam on a on a daily basis. Uh, we had a year and there a day off. Sometimes it was quite uh, challenging as well, you know, when, you, when you're finishing around 
um, or getting out of the ground at like 10, 10 30 in the evenings to travel back uh, from Potch to Klagstorp was quite, you know, quite challenging as well in saying that, you know. Um, but to be honest with you, I think it's also, you know, it's, it, you know, it's come from COVID times as well, even though, you know, crowds are back in the stadiums, which is absolutely fantastic. It was a good crowds throughout, um, throughout the T20 challenge. And then obviously the final was, was very well supported as well. So in saying that, I think it's just, you know, I think we, we probably will go back to normality um, the further we go on into the season. I think the, the, the players themselves would, would love to be traveling for T20 uh, matches going forward. I think it is something that, that Cricket South Africa definitely are looking at. But I think obviously, you know, financially, it's probably also a bit of a, a viable one to have all teams uh, based at one place and, and playing the tournament at one ground. But, you know, hopefully with, with the SA20 taking place in January and, and Feb, I think that will um, that will really help uh, things going forward, you know, from a, from a Cricket South Africa perspective. Okay, so here comes the first uh, googly because you brought it up. What is going to happen to the guys that don't have a role in any of those franchises over that period of time? And how are you, as the coach or the bowling coach, at least of the Dolphins, going to be able to keep the guys fit, ready and hungry? Yeah, so I mean, these um, SA20 franchises, um, you know, have been or they are able to to pick a wild card. Each team can pick a wild card out of that um, CSA T20 challenge. So still remains to be seen who those wild cards will be that would have got picked up during the course of that T20 challenge. And then in saying that those that weren't picked up, it means that, you know, from 10 Jan till I think it's around 10 Feb, you know, you're going to have a, a pool of players that that weren't selected. And and obviously work needs to still carry on and, and get done with these with these players. So, you know, we, we've we've already plotted and planned the way forward with regards to the guys that, that would be behind. Um, we've got training programs in place. And Obviously, during that period, you left with four-day, you know, first-class cricket after that T20 competition. So we'll be prepping our guys, you know, for for Red, Red Bull specifically during the course of of the the T, uh, SA20. And so yeah, that's what we've had ways of of sharpening up our guys that are that are behind and putting a, a full focus on uh, on Red Bull skills specifically. So 20 odd years ago, when your first class career was well and truly underway, there wasn't the structures and the support. Uh, and the professionalism that there is in the game right now. It, tell us how it's changed, especially for a guy like you who played first-class cricket and is now still involved, and thank goodness still involved in the game because it's so disappointing how many first-class cricketers just disappear off the, off the way or end up overseas somewhere. I'm really impressed by the franchises. I can't say I'm as impressed with Cricket South Africa, but if it wasn't for the franchises and the professionalism that they're showing and of course, the sponsors like yours being the Hollywood bets. It's so different now, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's it's quite a lot different. I think the um, in my ta- in my playing days, I think um, you know opp- opportunities were very hard to come by. I think um, obviously the quality of cricket was was of a very very high standard. And I think you know with regards to you know the IPL only coming in a little bit later during my playing career. If I look at the likes of, especially from my my point of view, you know being a bowler, time that you know I'd probably been at my peak. I was challenging with quite a, a few big names, you know, in the in the protest setup at that stage, and 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 guys like Mornay Morkel, Dale Stain, you know, these guys didn't didn't often get injured, and and that was that was phenomenal, you know, um, to be able to have such a long career as a bowler where didn't often miss games. It was very tough to crack the nod, you know, into that into that system. Although I did play, um, you know, SAA for. 
probably around eight to 10 years. And so I just never really got, got that step up, uh, you know, to playing for the Proteus. But in saying that, I mean, I don't, I don't regret anything, you know, with regards to the career I had. I felt um, 16 years uh, at first class level was a, was a decent enough. And, and uh, you know, I felt, you know, while I was still playing in my last two years, I wanted to go into coaching. I felt I, I would have liked to have given back into the game. I really had a passion for coaching and had a passion for working with cricketers, you know. And I think that is something that really, you know, really pushed me into the coaching position that I currently have. You know, I think if it wasn't for, for Imran Khan, our, our Hollywood Bates Dolphins head coach, who asked me to, to join, join him, um, you know, from a coaching perspective at the, at the Dolphins, um, you know, who knows where you would have been two, three years back. So I think from that point of view, um, it really gave me a big opportunity to showcase, obviously, my, my coaching skills at this level. And I really, you know, obviously bought into it and, and you know, I'm giving my best to, to every single cricketer that I work with. I think it's important that, you know, some of these young players have role models and, and coaches that they look up to. And, are, and from my point of view, you know, able to, you know, to get them into a position where they can... Um, achieve you know playing for for SA and Proteus getting into IPLs SA20s that type of stuff you know at the end of the day it's important that um, the players can get the best out of their coaches and feel confident when taking the field and, and executing their skill and then of course I guess you would have loved to have had in your day what is now the Dolphins School of Excellence I mean that is something that's quite marvelous yeah, I think that, you know, in, in saying that, I think, you know, our CEO, Heinrich Stratum, has been phenomenal in the way that he, you know, run KZN in cricket, Dolphins cricket over his tenure so far. You know, the changes that he's made, the, the some of the big decisions he's made, big calls he's made to, you know, probably make us one of the, you know, the, the number one franchises or provincial uh, systems within South Africa. So I think, you know, from that point of view, I think he's done an absolutely outstanding job. I think, you know, the Dolphin School of Excellence is, was a bright idea. I think it's, a, it's fantastic for our younger generation. Outlaying areas, you know, our hub systems, you know, we, we're, looking, we're looking hard at how we can get our, our junior structures, uh, you know, better off. Um, and then obviously filtering into your, your club systems, academies and, and into high performance, you know. So they've done a, phen a phenomenal job at, uh, at the Dolphin School of Excellence. It's, it's created fantastic opportunities for a lot of uh, schoolboys. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you probably would like to incorporate that into girls as well. I think the, the opportunities, see how ladies uh, or women's cricket has, has grown over time now. It's, it's fantastic to be able to, you know, give these, these opportunities to boys and girls and seeing how we can grow, you know, cricket within the province. I think we're in a very, very good place at the moment, as in cricket. And at the end of the day, it's important that we just go from strength to strength from here. Yeah, let's talk about the, the strength of the, the team, the Hollywood Bets Dolphins. And I don't want to single any one individual out, but I'm sure having the likes of Andili Pechlequeo, obviously David Miller, Keshav Maharaj, Keegan Peterson, Kaya Zondo, these kind of guys must bring, besides the wealth of experience, the, the rest of the dressing room must be delighted to be able to sit next to these guys on a daily basis. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I mean, I must be honest with you, I think our, our players that we have, you know, that, that are in the in the Proteus setup are just fantastic uh, human beings, first of all. You know, they're great team guys, they're great team players. You know, so we are very fortunate that, you know, that we're in a position where we've got these type of players that, you know, can be there and help out, you know, the rest of our squad. I think, you know, they've, they've really shown over the last few years that, um, they can hold their own at, at national level. It's always great to have them, you know, within our Dolphins uh, set up when they're around and 
you know, they just, they rub off so much on, on, on the rest of our squad, you know, and it's the guys just love being around them. I think vice versa. We, we've built a, a fantastic team culture within, within, you know, the Dolphins brand. And it's something that we had to put a big focus on, you know, we, Purely just getting our team together and, and, and gel as a family and as a, as a team, I think that's that's what's been the, the standout, I think, within our squad is that we we like one family. We've It's something that we've driven quite hard, but obviously everybody knows knows their place. And uh, yeah, I mean, in saying that, I think it's great to see that we've had a number of call-ups over the last few years into that Protea setup. And um you know, obviously, it's 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 very good from a KZN cricket and, and Dolphins cricket perspective that the players are getting recognition for their performances. Uh, you know, put out in domestic cricket. It's always a good thing, as you said, to have these kind of guys in the dressing room. But then you also have the negative side, if you like, when they get called up and they go away for can be weeks, sometimes months at a time. Tell us about the strength in depth that you've got at the Dolphins, uh, particularly at the moment. Yeah, I mean it's it's never easy when you um, when you lose these players to to national tours, etc. But it's you know obviously fantastic uh, from their point of view that they get to play at the highest level. I think uh, from a depth perspective, I I mean it's obviously a big focus that us as coaching staff, myself, Imran and um, Deduzi and Bart have, have uh, almost put put in place. You know we've we've got an academy structure at KZN. We've got a high performance structure that is that is um, run and coached by Robbie Freiling. So in saying that, I mean we if I have it correctly, we've got five or six on our high performance um, program at the moment, which is your your players that are. Are probably next in line to um, you know to feature you know at the Dolphins. I mean we we had a we had a few player guys like Slade van Staden who um, was a Yilton boy who, who made his debut last year for us you know, in that Dolphins team. So guys like Brad Porteous. Um, there's a few there's a few guys in our high performance structure that um, you know are really close. We've got two players, uh, Shlompo Modern Makani and then uh, Odorile Modern Makani left arm spinner and the other ones a uh, Seema. So they've also come through the ranks quite nicely, uh, originally from the Northwest province. So, you know, it's just been good to see how these these players have really, um, you know, grown their games and, you know, trying to put some of the Dolphins guys under pressure. And that's 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 the competition we want within our within our structure is that guys are competing for for places. And we don't want guys to feel that they that they're not competing at the top. And that's just the type of environment we have set, you know, at the Dolphins. How do you keep players motivated? I mean, you're you're the bowling coach. Right now, the strength in South African cricket is our bowling. Let's be perfectly honest. We've got four pretty stable, very quick, mean, fast bowlers. And as you are a victim, if you like, of the fitness levels and the lack of injury when you were playing, thank goodness, similarly at the moment, it's the same story with, call them the fab four that we've got. How do you keep the guys? I mean, let's take somebody like Antilie Pechlequea. I mean, this guy is on the fringe and continually on the fringe. It must be really difficult to you know, keep going, guys, and playing in front of three dogs, a policeman, and an ice cream seller. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it, it has its challenges, that's for sure. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, um, I mean, we, we can even look at this T20 challenge now. You know, we, we as a bowling unit were phenomenal throughout the whole competition. We had one or two lapses, you know, from a bowling perspective in the final that, you know, in saying that, there's a different pressure that you had to deal with in, in finals. So, you know, it is disappointing for a number of us. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, this is these are the moments you play for and these are the moments you learn from. You learn a lot from being in these situations, playing in finals. You know, unfortunately, three years in a row, we've missed out in the final in the T20 competition. So it is a hurdle that we haven't been able to get over. But you got to keep these guys motivated. The way that you speak to, I think the language that you speak is very, very important. You know, these guys are, are world-class cricketers. 
you know, they've, they've been in many situations. This was just another situation where, you know, one or two lapses um, just didn't go away. And, and unfortunately, we, we weren't able to get over the line there. But um, in saying that, I think, you know, someone like Andile Pekukwai has been, you know, in, in most of the squads for, for a number of years, made his debut early, early in the Proteus setup as well. So, I mean, he is one of your more experienced players now at this level. And, um, you know, it's just another thing is, is when he comes down to us is, is how we can try and get the best out of uh, an individual. You know, that, that's the big thing for me. That's the, the challenge that I have is, is you know, if, he, if he's able to put in a match-winning performance or two in the games that he's available, you know, for the, the Hollywood Bets Dolphins coming up in this Red Bull competition. I mean, th- those are the little little moments that that give you the confidence and give you conf- bring confidence back. You know, sometimes there might be a, a little bit of a lack of confidence because of not playing and just being traveling to various tours. Then, and, and once again, I mean, I think it comes down to the language. You know, you speak with with certain individuals. I think that's the biggest thing is is keeping these guys positive, keeping energized, keeping them refreshed, and knowing that you know they've a big part to play. You know, with within our, our four day competition coming up. How much of the history of what's now Dolphins cricket, what was before the Tell cricket, do you guys impart on the youngsters? I mean, do they do they know about the Mike Proctors, the Vince van der Bales, the Daryl Bestels, the guys that carried the Tell cricket as it was then, and obviously other players that I might not have mentioned in years gone by in their psyche? Do you do you guys spend much time teaching them the history of the game? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's all, you know, part and parcel of, of these younger generation players, you know, growing up. Um, I think it's it's important to share the knowledge to these individuals. I think, you know, we've also tried to to get a, a couple ex-players in, you know, whether it, you know, it be Lance Klusner from a power hitting perspective, whether it's Errol Stewart from a wicket keeping perspective. We, we've tried to bring these guys in a, from a consultancy basis in trying to instill, you know, the, the lessons and the learned during the course of their, their careers and passing over knowledge onto these younger players. And it's things that, you know, we've really looked quite deep into. I think the players are, you know, they're well aware of of, of the quality of, of cricketers that have come through the KZN region. You know, guys really look up to those ex-players. So, yeah, I think it, it plays a massive role. It's just nice to have a fresh voice and a, and, a, and a fresh face back in the KZN system when we do get these guys in as, as consultants to work with the, the various, you know, parts of the game. I think Sean Pollock is, has also been one of one of the guys that we've brought in as a, as a consultant from a bowling perspective. So it's, it's wealth of knowledge. It's high quality uh, players, ex-players, obviously Sean Pollock being, you know, on Supersport as a, as a commentator now at the World Cup. Just, I think the way that he conducts himself and the way that he passes on knowledge, knowledge on the game is at another level, you know, and, and being able to work with, with our younger bowlers um, and, and obviously senior bowlers as well in our squad. The guys really love that. I apologize for forgetting to mention Shanti Rhodes, of course, uh, many years uh, with the team. And yeah, then, of course, yeah. Barry, Barry Richards. I mean, there's so many great names that have played in that wonderful stadium that you guys have got, which, I, again, if I may, has grown from when I played in that ground in the late 70s, early 80s, when I was based down there, to what the stadium looks like today. The facilities, the whole playing surface—it's just magnificent to be able to. Must be as a coach uh, to have those facilities at your fingertips. Yeah, it is fantastic. I must be honest; it's changed quite a lot over the last five years. You know, a number of changes have been made. Obviously, dressing rooms have been renovated. Um, there's been the Hollywood Bets Chow Corner has been has come up. I mean, there's a Castle Logger Hall of Fame at the back end of the of the West Stand. So there's so many things and, and great. Um, you know, history from 
from ex-players domestically, internationally, that have got their, their photos up on the wall in that walk of fame. And obviously these players have also signed them, you know, those their, under their, their photographs. So, and I mean, it's, it's just phenomenal how Andrew Stratum has, has played a massive role in, in creating that type of uh, environment for, you know, for KZN cricket and for the players that are, are there today and are fortunate enough to be, um, you know, playing at a fantastic stadium. So, I mean, the Hollywood Vets Kingsmead Stadium really is a, is a top-class facility um, right now and I mean at the end of the day you can't thank your sponsors enough I think that's that's probably the biggest thing for me I think it's um, you know how we've the relationships we've built with with um, with the number of sponsors that we have on board and partners they've been uh, absolutely phenomenal and I mean from my side it's it's obviously a massive thanks to to them in what has been some really difficult times over the last probably two three years to still see KZN in cricket and, and Dolphins cricket in such a light that they they still want to be on on board for for a number of years to come so yeah just um you know and, and i think that also rubs off on the players you know it's 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 fantastic to be able to know that you've got the backing from uh, a number of uh, sponsors and partners so yeah from that point of view um it's been fantastic quentin pull the strap on your helmet because here comes a bouncer and and i understand <laughs> that you are involved in the setup here in south africa but i know you're also a lover of the game and I guess, I don't have to guess, you, you're obviously as passionate a supporter of the protests as we all are. Sure. How do we lose to the Netherlands? What is wrong? I mean, I know it's, people say, oh, it's a batsman's game and wow, wow, wow. What is going on? How did we conjure up the ability to lose a game, well, against Pakistan to start with, and then to the Netherlands? Uh, really, just baffles my brain. Yeah, listen, I mean, it's, it's a pretty tough one to answer. I mean, for me, at the at, at the end of the day, I mean, if we look at if we look at from the start of the competition, you know, in saying that there, there was so much so much negative talk around uh, Tema Bavuma and the captain, I think from my point of view, and I'll give an honest opinion, I think you know Temba's a high quality player in my in my view, and unfortunately, in the first few games, um, obviously, and leading up, I think um, form played a bit of a role, and probably you know what is very tough for a captain when you're not really uh, on form. You know, you've got a lot of things going through your mind and you're not just playing any series now. You're actually playing a World T20 World Cup. So it really makes for difficult um, decisions at the top. And, you know, at the end of the day, someone like Ariza Hendricks, who was in, in, in top form coming into that, that World Cup, he probably would have been the guy who you probably would have liked to have, you know, given the nod even somewhere during the course of the competition, even if it was halfway through. But in saying that, I mean, I, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not in favor of all the negativity around the, the Temba Bavuma one. I think it must be very tough on the individual himself. And in saying that, and once again, I, I, I still feel he's got a lot to offer in South African cricket, whether it's specifically more, you know, in 50 over cricket and test cricket, then so be it. But I, I still feel he's, he's, he's got a lot to offer. Don't see that, you know, a, a lapse in form. I think all players go through it and, and it's how you deal with it and how you come back from it. That for me is the most important. The person I feel the most sorry for, and I've said this in previous podcasts, is Temba Bavuma himself. You know, this poor guy had all of this nonsense laid upon him and the pressure that was put upon him. And then with the greatest disrespect, if I may, to Cricket South Africa, who are ultimately the people that chose the team to go, then themselves came out and criticised the team at the end of the competition, which just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it's bizarre. 
Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you've, you've got to have, a, you've got to have a, a balance on how you approach these things. I think it's, you know, it's never nice. And I know, obviously, from a public eye, it's, it's, it's very, very disappointing. It's a very bit disappointing result. South Africa weren't able to get over the line against the Netherlands. You know, I think from everyone's perspective, you know, within South Africa, I think everybody probably felt that this was our best opportunity to win a World Cup. And I honestly believe that. I felt it was probably the best opportunity to win a World Cup. And I think they would have had a good run in, you know, towards that winning that that World Cup. So yeah, listen, I mean, it's I don't really know what happens, you know, in the in, in the back room there. Uh, I don't know what the discussions and the chats are around, you know, most of the discussions from a selection point of view, etc. So I, I really can't comment too much on that. I think it's from a coach's perspective within the the system. Is that you know at the at the end of the day, we I think we're all accountable for what has happened. You know, it's not necessarily just from a South African cricket perspective. Sometimes we have to look at it from our level as well you know are these players well equipped enough to be featuring at the top are they skillful enough to be featuring at the highest level competing on the world stage i think yes i mean i think the quality and the talent is there that probably just needs to be fine-tuned a little bit maybe not from a skills perspective but maybe from a mental perspective mentally going into these tournaments are we are we well enough equipped to be able to deal with with the amount of pressures that come with it within our country obviously not being able to win a world cup you know, these type of things. So there's a lot that, that rides on it, I think, from a mental perspective of getting over the line. And when you get into pressure situations, how do you, how to deal with it better? And I've been saying this forever. One day, hopefully still in my lifetime, when we win one, we're going to end up winning three or four in a row and it'll all be forgotten. But it still hurts really yeah, no, bad. I, I, I really do agree with you. I think it's um, it's just a hurdle. I think... <laughs> To be honest, yeah, I think that's I probably feel in this uh, domestic CSA T20 challenge as well. You know, we've we've been playing such good cricket for for three years in this competition, three years in a row, and to lose out in the final all three years, you know, it's probably a similar thing. You know, you just want to get over the line because you know if you get over the line, you could get on a run of of two or three. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think if we if we're able to, as a Proteus team to get over the line in in one, whether it's T20 or 50 over. Um, it'll definitely uh, just continue to go, you know, from two to three to four from there. Yeah, at least you guys have lost being competitive. The Proteus unfortunately lost not being competitive. And that, I think, is the disappointing fact behind it. Clinton, it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much for your insight, particularly into the Hollywood Bets Dolphins. You guys are back to white clothing and red balls, which is the most beautiful part of the game. I love real cricket, all this other pajama stuff, to be perfectly honest with you, is just a bit of a slap and a tickle. When you're able to bowl 10, 15 overs as a bowler in a day and can feel it in your muscles when you wake up the next morning, as opposed to only being able to bowl four overs and getting smacked around the park is a different kind of cricket. Chances for the team to defend uh, the four-day title? Yeah, listen, I think, um, you know, we're all looking forward to this, this first-class competition. Obviously, there's some of the games start today. Uh, the Dolphins, I think it's the Dolphins and the Lions have a have a buy this week but um we in action next week uh, against the gbets warriors in port elizabeth so yeah i mean we we're really looking forward to it i think it's you know we've got a good side in four-day cricket and you know we will get our preparations underway starting this weekend you know building up towards uh, that game against the warriors next week it's it was just important for us to to give our players a little bit of a rest and refresh mentally after the csat 20 challenge and yeah we, we'll we'll definitely feel that our, our chances are right up there again to um to guard and win this this four-day competition i think it would be a massive one for us you know if we're able to feature at the top there off missing out in the in the final of the of the t20 uh, challenge so yeah we're really looking forward to it the, the players are, are really amped for it i think we 
you know, we made it very, very clear, you know, with our, our squad, you know, after the, the T20s that, you know what, you know, at the end of the day, it's, um, it is what it is. We fell short again, but we got, we got to make sure that our guys are, are mentally um, in the best possible state, you know, uh, and got over, you know, this T20 comp and put focus onto, onto four day cricket, you know, and it's, and, and as you rightly say, I mean, it's, it's where batters get to, to spend plenty of time in the middle. It's where bowlers get to bowl, you know, three, four spells a day. And I think that's ultimately what, uh, what the game's all about. The real tradition of, of cricket is, is back. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to the challenge that lies ahead. Brenton Friend, absolute pleasure chatting to you on From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. I'm sure we'll catch you again soon. Thanks for joining us this evening. That is tonight's programme. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed chatting to Quinton and hearing his insight, not only into the Hollywood Bet Dolphins, but also into cricket in general. Have yourself a pleasant evening until tomorrow evening when we look forward to a fantastic sporting weekend. And remember, it's the last of the Premier League before the World Cup gets underway. Until then, be kind to each other. Bye for now.